and welcome to the technical area for a very special episode 7a brought to you by me your host gaffer Graymo, once again unusually enough this is going to be quite a short podcast something that probably some of you out there will be quite glad for you know we're a bit constricted by unfortunately the the planner podcast hosting site is allowing us to have currently working off a free plan which means to get two hours a month and this month my waffling and ranting and raving everything like that it's only giving me 12 minutes to put together a podcast for this week so i'm working on quite a a shorter challenge than i was the last time of course you know we're all living in this fm20 beta world now i haven't really had a great chance to get my teeth sunk into it properly but you have to say that one of the initial jump out things for me has been you know the improvements in the, the manager avatar it actually looks like me for once so i'm looking very very happy with that mrs gg likes the new hairstyles there's a nice new look and feel i suppose we can all say to the beta is um i'm loving that mint green kind of continue button up in the top right corner very distinctive against the, the continuing love of purple so kudos to football manager kudos to si and the design team on that detail i'm a big fan as I'm not someone who tends to use other skins, I know the likes of Casey Renzi's skin can be quite popular. Um, sticking with this vanilla version, you know, it's quite soft on the eye and I won't be getting too many complaints from me. As well as that, then I'm, there's a nice new few little details, the likes of the, the technical director being able to add that in though. As I start my beta save at Real Betis, that's unfortunately all I've been able to, to, to get. A, my number one target didn't want to be a director of football. So to be a technical director, so be interesting to see if I can find any differences real in their role and how they perform in the game. The addition of the loan manager, that's also nice. Um be interesting again to follow and see just what detail they're able to bring to the game. And then of course, you know, new little tweaks here and there, sort of kind of tactics. We have new roles, the likes of the inverted winger being able to be applied further up the pitch. One thing I've also enjoyed looking at in the training is, you know, new different kind of training sessions we can plan. So in the defensive work, we can defend from the front. And in the attacking training, there's a player from the back. I'm really enjoying seeing little tweaks and little details like this being added into the game. And hopefully, you know, over the weekend or so, I've been able to get my teeth sunk into it properly. So like I said, at the start of the pod, it's going to be quite short, quite simple. And we're going to just kind of have a little look at what are the, the lessons we've learned from football manager. Really, that's what we're going to be talking about. What is it where, you know, we can say we've learned about football, we've learned about the game, you know, we've learned, you know, ourselves from playing the game for however many number of years we all have been playing individually. You know, and we're going to start off with the first community involvement, and that was from a Black Sea FM. And I think I have to totally agree, this was actually on my list of the four I had planned out. And that was distinguishing player roles better. So like that, we can all, you know, especially in midfield, because we can all, you know, he's a, gone are the days, I think, really, of talking like, oh, he's a great centre midfielder, he's a great winger, he's a great wide player, he's a good forward. You know, kind of getting into this kind of unconventional technical talk and it's becoming normal everyday chatter whether it's around the water cooler at work the tables and the 
staff room at lunchtime, whether it's uh, in the pub with your mates, even, I suppose it's infiltrating Sunday League a little bit, and the amateurs and semi-professional sides of football that they seem to be getting this more technical talk going on, which is really, really interesting to see, and really, really interesting to follow. You know, we're seeing new players create new positions. In, sorry, it's playing in similar positions, creating new roles. Thomas Muller, the Ram Deuter, like Roberto Firmino, like people have great discussions. Is he a false nine? Is he a pressing forward? Like Paul Scholes, really, you know, in a modern football manager game, what role would we have given him? Would we put him on, just kept him on the vanilla centre midfielder attack? A playmaker, a box box midfielder, deep line playmaker, whatever it was. It's great now that conversations are happening now where people are being able to talk and distinguish player roles better. And I suppose like that when it comes to football manager, building your tactic means we can now look to develop a system with player roles and build a, be a bit pragmatic at the start, I suppose, and look at player roles who are you know, complementary to each other, complementary to the system we're building. I suppose SI have given us a great bit of help with those um, preset tactics that we can, you know, sink our teeth into, get us used to the game, see what tactics, you know, in terms of are working, on what way they're set up, and what's the best way, you know, to build on them. So distinguishing player roles is certainly something I have, you know, I feel myself, I've gotten better, and I'm glad to see I'm not the only one out there who feels the same. Another way, I suppose, is analysis. And I suppose analysis is really kind of creeping into the game. That's really kind of what, you know, in football manager sense, that's really the analysis, the data that I look for. You know, it's I'm learning now what to look for for each player, for each role, each position, and then as a team. And then how to measure, how to quantify it. Is this being successful? Is this doing what I wanted to do? And compared to the rest of the league, how are we performing with these numbers? I suppose we're all used to the little stats popping up on the screen. Uh, when we're watching games, halftime analysis, Monday Night Football is great as well on Sky. But interestingly enough, a couple of weeks ago I got talking to a, a guy who works here in Ireland. He used to work for RTE, which is our national broadcaster, during the, the Gaelic games, matches being shown live. And interestingly enough, he worked on the collection, the analysis of data through a half. And interestingly enough, he was going to say, look, the data that they were talking about on the broadcast was actually the, was actually the data that they began using 10 years ago. But you kind of get a case of now, he says, what you're looking at is kind of says the clubs, the individual clubs in Ireland, the individual counties in Ireland for the inter-county games, they were looking at analysis such as, you know, from second ball, what percentage of second balls are winning in each zone, Kickouts. What percentage of kickouts were winning in each zone? You're talking about um, attacking movement off the ball, which where are players when a player receives a ball, kind of what um how many players, how many options do you have around surrounding? Since the analysis has gone into so much detail now, it's incredible. Like you're only listening all kind of at at the level he was talking about that you know an amateur game has gotten into. So the fact that we're kind of looking in after the tools we have available and measure the game in the way we have available, it's really, really interesting now to see what way the analysis can now go forward. And I suppose for me now, in building the systems with Real Betis, 
for the beta and then for Velez in the full game. You know, I now have to kind of, I want to have one eye on this, think about data in a new sense, like in looking, like maybe using the data analyst view to try and see where a player receives a ball. You know, what options has he gotten? Pausing it in the friendlies and just seeing in my systems what's working, what's not working, and how can I improve it going forward. Third item on my list was squad rotation and cohesion. Now, famously, like we said, Rafa Benitez broke in his first 99 games for Liverpool and in game 100 kept the same uh, starting 11. Now, football is a squad game. We all know that it's a case that we can't just rely on the 14 or so 15 players we may have seen in football before the, the dawn of the Premier League era. So where squads have now become so rich, clubs are competing at so many levels. And, you know, that we, we now really kind of have to see that in terms of squad rotation and cohesion, you know, keeping a steady ship is ideal because that means just continuity and everything sails best. Making subtle changes, that's by game to game, is really what you're looking for. And the final then is the tactical setup, understanding that every system has a weakness. But what you need to do is find a balance that means that what your strengths are what the opposition need to worry about and not trying to exploit your weaknesses. So do you like to push your fullbacks forward but having a deep defensive midfielder who almost acts as a third centre-back, the auxiliary centre-back, that your system has a balance then, that you can deal with every situation and that even like that on a counter-attack you won't be left to suspect. So a short podcast this week. Thank you very much for listening. I really do appreciate the listens. If you enjoyed it, all the links, everything will be found in the, the podcast notes there below. Enjoy the beta and have a great weekend playing it. Uh, I'll talk to you back again next week with full-fledged episode 8. So until then, get for game Bye-bye.